You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Nagy is sticking to the Patrick Mahomes blueprint for developing Justin Fields, but he's open to the possibility that things might go a little bit different in Chicago than it did with Kansas City. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sportsbook that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 300% back on your first play. On the show today, an OTA's update from Matt Nagy, checking in on Justin Fields and some of the impressive throws he's been making early on that's already catching attention and raising some questions about just how this quarterback development plan is going to go and when Justin Fields might see the field. Then we will hear about the development and growth of Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet entering their second seasons, finally getting more of a normal offseason. They didn't have a traditional rookie summer to work out with their teammates. It was the COVID summer. Now things may be able to accelerate a little faster in their careers. And we'll check in on vaccinations with this Bears coaching staff, where Matt Nagy sees his team trending, and whether or not that could be a competitive advantage for the Bears to have their coaching staff all cleared from COVID. Let's start with Justin Fields, because really on this podcast, we are always truly locked on Justin Fields, even when we're not talking directly about Justin Fields. And as this whole quarterback development slash quasi-competition process keeps moving on, we're going to keep hearing the Patrick Mahomes comparisons for Justin Fields. And I think we've reached this point where we collectively recognize Patrick Mahomes' greatness at a level that is unfair for any quarterback currently in the NFL to really set those expectations. And so I think we've reached a healthy point here where we can compare Fields and Mahomes without having to compare their skill set and their performance level, right? It's not the same as comparing Mitch and Mahomes, Trubisky that is, to where they're all through the same draft and it's like, well, Mahomes is clearly better and, you know, know, really putting them side by side in terms of where they should be as quarterbacks. With Fields and Mahomes, it's more about comparing to a Mahomes of the past. And it's not so much expecting Justin Fields to become Patrick Mahomes just because the Bears are trying to follow a similar path with a veteran quarterback as Matt Nagy did in Kansas City. But clearly, everything we keep hearing from the head coach is they're looking back at what they did in 2017 and trying to apply that here as best they can. I think back to this time in 17, meaning the offseason and getting through rookie camp and then getting into OTAs and dealing with the reps, um, you know, and at that point in time in 17, Alex was was getting, you know, there was a, there was a lot of reps he was getting. So a lot of these times right now for these players, in particular, Justin, there's a lot of mental reps. And and really what happens is this is it's kind of you get the mental side down in the offseason. You're able to come out here on the grass 
and and see what the timing's like. And as as you saw today, there were some issues with snaps. Like those are little things that we try to tune up and get ready for training camp so that doesn't happen. But now what we want to do is say, okay, this is what you've done. This is where you can grow. Let's see if that happens now in training camp. And in 17, when Patrick was able to get his opportunities and then in the preseason in particular, I remember there was a play Patrick made where he just he kind of scrambled around, ran around and made a deep throw down the sideline that he, that he does to this day. You always see that, that uh, he had an opportunity in a real game to do it. And then he didn't get to play until the last game of the regular season. And um, he, he, he did a great job of leading the team to a win, speaking of Patrick. So there's kind of a it's a that's part of the process for us. What we want to see, Dan, is we want to see the plays that he's now repped in the offseason in training camp. We want to see is he making better decisions and better throws. And that's really for all the quarterbacks. It obviously didn't inhibit Patrick's career to sit for a little while. Do you think it benefited him to, to, to sit for that stretch? Yeah, I think it did. And I think Patrick would probably tell you the same thing. These guys are all competitive. That doesn't mean that that's going to happen for any of these guys. I mean, there's so many things, these quarterbacks that come in, these running backs, wide receivers, whatever position, you never know, you know, how, how the season goes. But in that scenario in 17, when you ask Patrick, I mean, for him to be able to develop like that and learn from Alex um, and grow, he would probably tell you it was a pretty good thing that happened to him. And, and if he would have played sooner, would he have done what he did the following year? Maybe. We don't know that. But for him, I would I don't want to speak for Patrick, but I would guess that it, it, it helped him grow um, to be able to really learn so that when he got in that last regular season game against Denver, he went out there and, and had fun with it and, and we won the football game. Once again, Matt Nagy continues to just leave that door open a little bit that this this might not go the exact same way it did with Patrick Mahomes when he says these guys are competitive and you never know how it's going to play out in the regular season. Right? He, he is not ever definitively saying Andy Dalton is going to start every game this season. You know, sometimes teams try and pretend like that's their plan and that's really what they want. And we're not even getting quite that from Matt Nagy. It's yes, Andy's going to start, start for now, but you never know. These guys are competitive, he kept saying. And he kept referencing twice there. And Patrick Mahomes getting on the field and playing well when he did get on the field during his rookie season. It really feels like Nagy is already laying some of the groundwork for Justin Fields to take over sooner than Patrick Mahomes did in Kansas City, with the understanding that still Andy Dalton is going to get the first crack at it and is in all likelihood still going to start week one. He's clearly anticipating that Justin Fields is going to develop quickly and really get up to speed quickly and be ready to go sooner rather than later. And we're starting to see some optimism for that development across multiple young players, especially some of these guys coming back for their second season and finally getting like a normal offseason that they didn't have during their rookie years. We'll get an update from Matt Nagy on Darnell Mooney's progress as well as the expectations for Cole Komet this season next on Locked On Bears. Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? I mean, is it really that surprising? The game's rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention the experts who have more tools and more time. Fortunately, there's Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and puts winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups. 
so much more control compared to regular daily fantasy sports. You actually feel like you have some power and there's something you can do about it. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. You know what else is unheard of? A protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. But that's exactly what you get with Built Bars. That's why we truly believe they are the best tasting protein bars ever. I have been a repeat customer for more than a full year now. Ever since I first tried them, it's just changed my whole diet. Because I can have that sweet treat without loading up on all that extra garbage that I don't need. It's low sugar, low calories, but still high fiber and high protein. Every bar, soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% real chocolate, and tons of different flavors to choose from. They are all good. I promise you, I have tried every single one, and you can't go wrong with any of them. Personal favorites are raspberry, salted caramel, coconut cookies and cream. Peanut butter brownie will always have a soft spot in my heart, but I'm telling you, grab the variety pack, try them all, you will fall in love. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. It's easy to forget that with everything so wonky last offseason, you know, everything we were just adjusting to everything and trying to figure out how football was supposed to work and how the team was operating, and we recognized it was going to affect how players were preparing for the season. And I think we were so focused in on Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky and how it was going to affect Foles and whether or not it was a true quarterback competition or whether Foles was always sort of playing from behind, whether, the, you know, if there was a regular offseason, would Foles have played in the preseason and then started at week one and we wouldn't have seen Mitch Trubisky in that first stretch of the season at all, right? We were so focused on everything going there and some of the new free agents that were brought in. We kind of overlooked how difficult that must have been for the rookies. You know, it's one thing for Nick Foles to come in. And yes, he's got to learn a new coaching staff, a new city, slightly new offense, new receivers, and new teammates. He's got to get on the same page as, but he's a veteran NFL player who has been around locker rooms before. He knows how to carry himself week in and week out. He knows how to prepare in the offseason, how practices are supposed to go, how team meetings are supposed to go at the NFL level. And while it's new and different and something he had to adjust to, it's less adjustment than the rookies that the Bears brought in last season. Just trying to figure out how to make it as an NFL player, let alone getting onto the field and performing at such a high level. That's that's what makes it so impressive. Specifically what Darnell Mooney was able to do as a fifth-round pick. Throw Jalen Johnson in there. I mean, both guys essentially week one starters as rookies without any kind of real offseason that most rookies regularly get to. I kind of feel like it explains some of Cole Komet's slower start as well. Generally, tight ends, even in a normal season, are going to start slow. So it's not necessarily abnormal, what we saw from Cole Komet. And it's not as simple as to just blame it on the pandemic and not having a preseason and not having a training camp and all that stuff. But for both players, you can see where 
it's almost like they get their first offseason this year. Not only do they get the full winter and spring, where last year they were getting ready for the draft, now they're part of the organization and coming back with the same playbook and the same coaching, positional coaches for them specifically, and you know everything's sort of locked in fully this year. But then they also get to come in person and practice in April and May and now into June for the offseason. You can see where Matt Nagy comes with some excitement about what those two guys are going to do next year. What specific things are you looking for from Darnell Mooney in terms of elevating his level of play this year? And then when you when you went back and you looked back at last season, what was maybe the two or three things that stood out most to you about his rookie performance? He, from from the start, uh, from when he got into training camp and then, and then for us to get through training camp into the season, we weren't sure going into that Detroit game how he was going to be able to hold up physically and mentally. And so I'd say the very first thing is, is he aced that test and he, we just kept giving him more and more and more. Now it's our job, Brad, to make sure that as we go into this season, we make sure that he gets a lot of opportunities. He's a threat in this offense and uh, what he's doing out here right now in, in OTAs um, he's literally gotten even better. So he, but he had, he has that inner drive. He's it's that DNA thing that, that not everybody has. Well, he has it and we're lucky. Specifically, what, what do you want to see from him in terms of growth that's going to lead to a, a more productive year two? Yeah, just probably taking the, the route running and understanding the whole concept of the play. So last year he, he really knew um, his, his route. Now I want him to know the whole concept within the play. And, and I always remember um, Coach Cully when he was in Philadelphia talking about uh, Terrell Owens and, and T.O. always knowing, like, he always knew the whole play. He knew when he was getting the ball um, pre-snap and he knew when he wasn't getting the ball. And so I think taking it to that level now for Darnell is going to be really important. And I'm seeing him adjust his route to certain coverages. Uh, he did that last year. But now it's going to be, hey, pre-snap, I know I'm getting this football. And that's really what we want all of our wideouts and tight ends to get to. With Cole Komet, you know, what are you seeing from him in the offseason? How has he improved? And what do you envision for him, you know, potentially thriving as a tight end, catching the football in this offense? Yeah, I envision a lot for him. I think he's – it taught all of us last year. We weren't sure going into it right away, just with new tight ends with Cole and with Jimmy, how that thing was going to play out. Um, and, and Cole uh, did such a great job of, of um, digesting the offense – his role will continue to expand. I mean, he's very, very similar to Darnell. Mike, he, he, um, he wants more. He wants to do everything he can. He's so fun to coach. Uh, Clancy does a great job coaching those guys, and they've, they've built a great relationship. Matt Nagy's answer about Cole Komet ended up cutting off a little bit on the Zoom stream, so we never got to hear the end of fully where he was going with that thought. But I did think it was interesting that they weren't really sure how it was going to go for this being a team where they always talk about how they have a plan and a vision for how the quarterback is going to go. You know, they, of course, they always want it to seem like they're fully prepared for every possibility. And yet it does feel like it was a little bit more makeshift or just figuring it out along the way for Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham. I mean, it, it was new players and trying to gauge what level of Komet and what level of Graham you were going to get, I'm sure was difficult. And they had Demetrius Harris in there as well. And we saw the snap counts for those guys fluctuate quite a bit early in the season, where even Komet played a little bit more in the first couple of games and they turned it down for a little bit in that, you know, second, fifth 
of the season in weeks, I don't know, five through seven and that four through seven, that kind of range things. They backed things down a little, a little bit for him. And then second half of the season ramped it up and all of a sudden he's your starting tight end. And Graham was kind of fluctuating throughout and Demetrius Harris eventually falls off the map completely. It was just kind of a weird tight end dynamic. But now the Bears know what they have and don't have. I mean, maybe you don't know what your number three is going to look like, but I don't think they envision that being a huge part of this offense up to this point. But they know what those two guys are capable of and clearly trying to see more from Cole Komet. And I think Darnell Mooney far and away exceeded all of our expectations. And if he can be even better in 2021, great. But if you can get even just like another... 600 yard season and 60 catches. I mean, that's that'd be solid. You want to see growth, but what he did last year was definitely like everything you would want and more from Darnell Mooney, even in his second season. So that'll be fun to watch. But I think more of the pressure sits on Cole Komet, given not only some of the disappointment from last season, but also how he's sort of supposed to be stepping into that role, right? I mean, they drafted him in the second round, their first pick last year, to be the future at tight end. And as he fully usurped Jimmy Graham last season in terms of playing time, the production didn't necessarily catch up. I mean, 243 yards, 28 catches, a couple of touchdowns. We we went in going in with like lower expectations for just that's how rookie tight ends tend to play out early in their careers. But it's like, all right, year two, now we need to start seeing it a bit more. And it's not to say that he can't do it, and I'm by no means thinking that, well, just because we didn't see it in week one means he doesn't have it, right? Nothing definitive is determined at all about what he's going to be for his career. But this is the first season where we can say, all right, now we need to see it. No excuses about the COVID offseason and all those different things that were probably very fair explanations for what we saw last season. All that goes out the window, and now is when we need to really start seeing those clear next steps. The Bears seem to be doing their part to eliminate some of those potential off-season obstacles that were certainly in place last year, making some really good progress on getting not only the players vaccinated, but the coaching staff really following through on their shots. Matt Nagy will weigh in on what the team's philosophy is vaccination-wise and the progress that they're making next on Locked on Bears. These young weapons will be really important parts of this Bears offensive growth this season. And nobody knows more about important parts than our friends at rockauto.com. They're a family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. They get anything you could possibly need for your vehicle. Engine control modules and fuel pump assemblies to the easy stuff like tail lamps and motor oil. So whether you're fixing up a classic car in the garage or just need something new for your daily commuter, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, all delivered right to your door. You might not know that some of the chain stores will have different price tiers for the professional mechanics and the do-it-yourselfers like us. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody. So don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts somewhere else. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. The 
The NFL obviously isn't mandating the COVID-19 vaccine, but they are making it inconvenient for coaches especially that don't get the shot. And that's perfectly legal. They're still not requiring anything. But I do think it's an effective way of getting that herd immunity and getting these teams and coaches and players back closer to the closest thing to normal they possibly can have at this stage in the offseason, where if your coaches are vaccinated, you can pretty much operate as everything was before the pandemic. If you have a coach or any sort of, I think they call it tier one staff member, so that's the trainers and other people that are directly on the field with one-on-one contact with players, if they're not vaccinated, if they don't have proof of their vaccination, I should say, if they haven't provided proof of a vaccine, then they have to wear masks, they have to stay socially distant, and they're not allowed to be in large capacity gatherings. They end up having to do a lot more of stuff on Zoom. And it's all things coaches and whoever are capable of doing, but clearly not what they want to be doing, and it does have the potential to hold back some of that in-person instruction and activity that an otherwise vaccinated and fully cleared personnel member might get. So Matt Nagy is vaccinated, and he said the whole coaching staff is getting there, and they're doing their best to encourage players in that regard and really sort of work with them on fully understanding the scope of the issue. Well, the education is is really for us is to know that um, everybody to be educated because we all have our own opinions on what we want to do and not do. But if you understand the education of it, if we encourage it, which is what we're doing, um, then we can all make our, our own decisions and decide uh, to, to get it. And that's where I think your question with the competitive advantage um, for all of us, you know, for, for me, I, I'm, I'm able to, uh, to now with, with the rules that we all have, I'm able to, to go around and I don't have to, to wear that mask anymore, you know, and it felt like today I kind of woke up this morning. I was pretty fired up to, to not have to put that thing on. I left it in my car. I walked into work and, and uh, it's just different when you see people's expressions, when you talk to them, when you're out in the field and meetings, et cetera. So uh, it's, it's definitely nice to be able to not wear the mask at the same point in time. There's the safety measures. And, and if you don't, if you're not vaccinated, then you need to wear your mask. And so uh, for us, we would love for everybody to get their vaccinations and encourage that and educate them on it. And, and I think the best thing that Andre and the rest of our staff has done here is we've really just encouraged people to ask questions that they're not sure about. And not that we have the exact answers, or, or but we're going to be there to listen. And that's probably the best thing to do. And your coaching staff, do you anticipate them to be fully vaccinated? By yeah, camp? I, I do, yes. So from the Bears' perspective, I think they're just trying to eliminate some of the misinformation that players might encounter when it comes to vaccinations, right? The team is not forcing any player to do it, and I don't think they're necessarily like really forcing it, pushing it on them in that way to be like, hey, you got to do this even if you're not quote-unquote mandated to do so but I think it is important work for them to at least sort of provide the best possible information and and encourage right encourage that because it is good for the team to have a high vaccination rate and herd immunity and all these things that allow them to return to as close to normal as possible especially as the offseason goes on players still have the right to make whatever decision they want to make but I think the Bears at least want to make sure 
they're not making that decision based on faulty information because there is so much of it out there when it comes to COVID-19 in particular. I mean, even just about masks and how the virus spreads. So many people read information that they perceive as accurate and scientific, and maybe it has some scientific language attached to it and some sort of pseudo-scientific background that people will then identify as therefore true, and then somehow the CDC and other actual experts and officials with real information and real data behind them are then therefore wrong. Those are the types of things the Bears are looking to eliminate, and then you can provide sort of the clearest, most accurate information to a player and, and then allow them to make the decision based on that. And if they still choose not to get the vaccine at this time, that's their decision, but at least the Bears can feel like they've done their part and their duty, not only as an employer, but also for the team in order to encourage as much of that as possible to get the most vaccinated and encouraged team as they can. Because I think proper education on the vaccine tends to lead to then a higher rate of its acceptance because generally speaking, the proper education on it alleviates many of the concerns many people have that aren't always founded directly in what the evidence shows. And so I think that's part of why you're seeing this Bears coaching staff set to be fully vaccinated by training camp, not just because it's what's good for the team, but because the team is having some success getting the right messaging through. Even though the Bears are not all going to be epidemiology experts by any means, but they do have a, a good sense of where to get this information. They do have actual doctors on their staff, and they certainly have NFL resources that can encourage the right sort of moves in this direction. So it's good to see that the Bears are not falling behind in that regard. It's hard to know what type of an advantage that might provide for them, but it feels more like at the least it's it would be a disadvantage without it. Maybe having it doesn't put you ahead of any other team that also has good vaccination rates, but you're not falling behind other teams that might be more vaccinated than your team. I'm hoping pretty soon we get to a point where we never have to worry about teams and their vaccination rates ever again. That it just after this summer, after this OTAs, after these mandatory mini camps, hopefully by training camp, it's not even a story anymore. But we'll we'll always make sure we're keeping an eye out on the health and safety of this Bears team and how that might affect them on the field. So make sure then that you're subscribed to the Lockdown Bears podcast to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Not quite full five-day-a-week daily at this stage in the offseason. We're cutting down to three. We're sticking with this Monday, Wednesday, Thursday schedule for now. Until we get a little bit closer to training camp, then we will start ramping things back up. So I hope you will keep following along. Don't go anywhere. The Bears football is still here for you. The podcast is still here for you. Bring in any and all updates you may need. And in exchange, I hope that listening makes it just a little bit easier to bear down.